So glad to see all of you this morning. So many smiling faces and Christmas is in the air. Can you, can you feel it? It's starting to get there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So all right, we've got, got three quick announcements. I got three. I can't believe I have three. I have three announcements this morning. Number one is this, Rivers of Mercy. Um, the the, the, the uh, children's home in Mexico that we support with a toy drive. And, and anyhow, that is in full effect. When I walked in this morning, there were still a few faces left on the tree. Um, and you can take a, 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 a card with a, a child's face and, and a description. There's a system. Make sure you check it out the right way in there. You can check the kid out. And, and the, but be sure you bring it back on December 9th because they're going to take all the toys and everything we're doing from the children's home. And uh, they're going to take um, all those down there and, and bless those children. And we do this every year, and I got to tell you, every year it's such a, a major blessing of what we do with the children's home in Mexico. So be sure to grab one of those if you haven't yet, um, and so that we can bless the, the kids in Mexico down there. The, the second one I have is this is a kids, um, our kids' Christmas performance here. A program here is coming up on December 9th, so be sure to and, and invite your family and your friends to come check it out. It's super cute, and the kids do little dances and songs and stuff, and, and anyhow, it's going to be a, just a great fun time that just as our church family together. And, and the last one I have is this, is actually time for Volunteer of the Month. That's right, Volunteer of the Month. So I got to say, this person is, is someone that's been uh, volunteering in our church for a little while now, and she is um, such a huge blessing to our children's ministry department. She brings smiles onto the faces of kids every time that she's in there serving, and uh, so many of you know her, but if you don't, you got to meet this lady. She is amazing, and so will you guys please give it up for our Volunteer of the Month, who is April Wilson. April Wilson! Woo! Man, all right, all right. Man, it's good to be in church. I'm so happy to see all of your, ooh, let there be light. So happy to see all of your smiling faces, and uh, it's good to be here with you. Um, if you're new here, if you've been hanging around a week or two and, and you haven't gotten connected yet, we'd love to help you take the next steps necessary to get plugged in around here. And uh, you can meet me personally. I'll be in the lobby hanging out afterwards. I think we should call it like a party with pastor. What do you think? Like a, yeah, the pastor party. Pastor party in the lobby. We've just done it, coined it. It's going to happen. So I'll be in the lobby afterwards. I'd love to meet you. Um, but you can also, there's a card in the seat back pocket in front of you called the Connect card. If you give us a little bit of information, we can help connect with you and let you know what the next steps would be on getting involved here at City Church. We have like a, a, an email address and a phone number and a name that'd be fantastic. Drop that in the offering bucket at the end of the service when it comes by. If you miss the offering bucket, we have these black. Um, little kiosk things that you can also drop in both your offering, but also the cards if, if you are visiting with us today. Thank you so much. I always like to say this, hello to everybody watching online. We are live streaming our services now. It's a new edition that we've been doing. And so now on the internet, you can watch. So hi, I want to say hi to you too that are watching online. And uh, I'd love to meet you in person sometime. So come on in and, and, and come in for the visit. So now I got to say, we're in the middle of Christmas. Christmas has started. And like I said last week, holiday season is here and I don't know what it does for me, but it brings all my dad jokes out. So how many of you guys love the dad jokes, don't you? Love the dad jokes. So here we go. All right, here we go. Why is Santa Claus so good at karate? Because he wears a black belt. Yeah, that's right. What nationality is Santa Claus? I've always wondered what nationality. He's North Polish. I know. I, that's brutal. <laughs> so brutal. Yeah. 
And so, all right, I, I gotta, I'll spare you one, just one more and we'll be done. And, and uh, I could go all day. Why, why did Santa's helper feel sad? He had low elf esteem. So Thanksgiving's over, and so I got to know, what are the rules for Christmas? Everybody has different rules for Christmas, don't you? Like, how soon are you allowed to start decorating? Now? Like, is it the day? So I got to tell you that, that, like, as soon as the turkey is in the belly, the Christmas starts to come out in our house. And, and normally the day after Christmas, the tree is up. We, get, we have a fake tree, so we don't have to worry about it catching fire. And so fake tree, put that, that bad boy up, and it is decorated the day after Thanksgiving. The Christmas decorations are up. The Thanksgiving decorations are down. But what about all the, how about you guys? I mean, was it right after Thanksgiving, or do you wait a little while? Any pre-Thanksgiving people? You put up before Thanksgiving? Any, any pre-Thanksgiving? Nobody. Okay, good. All we have one per, Okay, we got some pre-Thanksgiving people in the house. But Christmas music, what are the rules on Christmas music? After Halloween, I hear some after Halloween. That's, that's good. Yeah, July, got Christmas in July. It's a 24, it's a 12 month, uh, 365 day, seven day a week, 24 hour day music. That's what Christmas music is. Is your tree up? Mine's up, I just gotta say. And so this morning, we are gonna be talking about this. We're starting a new series uh, called The Gifts of Christmas. And each week, we're gonna talk about some different gifts that, that come along with Christmas and, and, and with the, the whole Christmas theme. And so today we're going to talk about the gift of expectancy, the gift of expectancy. And this is super important because when you're expecting something, it allows you to live the experience even longer. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. If you're expecting something to really bad happen, guess what? You live through all of the emotions of that bad thing to happen before the bad thing happens. And then the bad thing happens and you live it again, right? What you're expecting matters and the expectancy that you put in your heart matters about how you're going to address life in the future going forward. And so if you're expecting something fantastic, I got to tell you, when you're looking forward to the party that you're going to be going to and you're excited about it, you get to live through so many of the emotions of expectancy to the good thing. And then when you're at the actual party, that is the fun event that you've been looking forward to all this time. It's even better because of the level of expectancy that you've had in your heart. Expectancy is a really big thing in our life. What we're looking for, what we're anticipating, what, we are, what we're looking forward to. So sometimes we say that, well, that person's just a glass half full kind of person. Or that person's a glass half empty kind of person. We have optimists and we have pessimists in our midst all the time. And, and if you hang around me long enough, you're going to know that I don't think the glass is half full. I think it's 60% or 70% full all the time. I'm an over-optimist, sometimes even to a fault sometimes. But anticipation allows you to experience the event even twice. See, the idea of waiting for something makes it even more exciting. You know, as a kid, that's why we wrap presents, right? Because as a kid, you look at the tree and you see the presents underneath the tree and they're wrapped up and you're trying to guess what it is. And were you one of those kids that would sneak in the room and shake the presents? I did a couple of times. I'd shake it and try to figure out what it was. I'd want to rattle it. Confession time, there was even one year that um, I actually carefully opened the tape on one side of my box and went and took a peek in to see what was inside. And I was so excited. And then I put the present away. And then for the next two weeks, I knew it was under the tree and I was so excited to get it for a while. But then after a couple of days, that excite, that ex, you know, my excitement wore off and then the guilt set in and the shame. And, and, and I knew like, man, and so now I knew what the present was. And so I, I, you know what happened was when I finally got to the day of opening it, I wasn't as excited if I had waited and let the expectancy build up. So I'm just telling you that expectancy is a big thing. It's an important thing because how you, um, what you anticipate, it matters. You see, an anticipation 
is a gift that is born of hope. Right? So it is, comes from, from hope, and it and is hope's finest expression. When you're hoping for something, your anticipation for that thing is the expression of that hope that comes out of your life. And so when you see that, that Jesus is hope, and you see that God is a God of hope, and we have hope in our life for these different things, the anticipation that comes with that hope is such a joy. It's such a joy to have anticipation for something that is so good. You know, they call this the season of Advent. You know what Advent means? Arrival. The season of arrival. We've started the Advent season is coming. It is here. We have little calendars. Do you have calendars? An Advent calendar? There's different calendars, right? You have the little doors that open. And every morning you get to get up with anticipation of what's going to be inside of that little compartment of the calendar when you open the door. It's always a little something, isn't it? A little chocolate one. Or... There's different ones, though. Have you seen the different calendars? There's a, a Lego calendar now. So you can build your own Advent calendar out of Legos and then put your own presents in there and then open the door. And that seems like a lot of fun. But there's a Star Wars um, Advent calendar. That seems wrong, doesn't it? I don't know. I'm not sure. There's like a bit of a dark side to that one. Yeah, I don't know if I'm cool with the Star Wars one, but the Lego City, I could get all about that Lego Advent calendar. So we're starting this new series called The Gifts of Christmas, and each week we're going to look at a different gift. And so we enter this season, and when you look back at the different, I don't know if you guys do this much, but you ever look back at, at Christmas, and, and you think about the different books that you've read, the different stories you've heard, the different traditions you've done, maybe in your family or, or other people's families. One of the joys of, of getting married and merging families is, is that all of a sudden you have another set of traditions that you get to incorporate into your life. Hopefully they don't contradict with your existing traditions. But you have the different traditions that come in and you start to look back and to see. It's interesting, I was looking back at past Christmas sermons that I've preached and, and I realized that I didn't remember them and so I thought, well, maybe you don't remember them either. Um, and so I'm going to preach Christmas like you've never heard. No, I'm just kidding. Like you've never heard it before. But so many of us know the Christmas story, right? Even if you aren't a Christian, even if you're not a Christ follower, it's saturated our culture to such a place that the Christmas story is everywhere. You know, God sent his son Jesus to be birthed of a virgin Mary, baby born in a manger, there's, there's shepherds and wise men and, and different people that are showing up and, and looking at the, at the baby. I mean, we see the little nativity scenes, don't we? The nativity scenes that we set up, we have one and we set it up. And, and it's kind of fun because we originally set it up like it's supposed to be. But I'll notice after a while, my kids will play with it and people won't be where they're supposed to be anymore. They're all doing different things. And so you find them, anyhow, you find the different things. But see, in biblical times, all of humanity was looking forward to a coming Savior that had been promised for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of years through the prophets of the Old Testament. And so the, all of humanity was, was anticipating the coming of a Savior. They didn't know if it was going to happen this week or next week. They didn't know if it was going to happen in their lifetime or the next lifetime. But they knew that a Savior was coming. And there was something inside of all of the people who were there that, that knew that there was a coming Savior... And he may or may not be in my lifetime. He may or may not be coming soon. Soon's a very relative word, isn't it? But soon a Savior will be there. You know, when you look at your Bible, 
there's two sections, right? There's an Old Testament and there's a New Testament. You may have noticed, but there's a blank page between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And in and, and today's manuals and books, when you're reading and there's a blank page, they always write, this page intentionally left blank. It doesn't say that in your Bible. There's just a page that doesn't have anything on it between the Old and the New Testament. But I want to tell you that blank page represents a little over 600 years in history, which means this is that God went silent and for 600 years, humanity went on hanging on to the promises of God with anticipation, with expectancy of a Savior that was to come. Listen, anticipation and expectancy is a gift. It's a gift from God, and I believe it's something that every one of us should have in our hearts. It's something that we should have this anticipation and this expectancy that God is going to do something good in our life and in our midst. And so here we are in the beginning of the New Testament. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. And the shepherds, see, they're watching their flocks at night. They were out in the fields when the angel appeared to them. And so the shepherds are out, they're watching their flocks, they're, they're looking at the sheep, and <clears throat> you know, the, the shepherding industry uh, at the time it was not a glamorous industry. It was, maybe like today, I don't know what shepherds do today, but, but I would imagine that it's not a super glamorous, it's a little more blue collar than it is a white collar type career, and, and I can imagine that the night shift of the shepherding industry um, was probably not reserved for their premier shepherds. Because, you know, the, the night shift, it's the third shift, it's the night hour, hour, and they're watching their sheep at night. And the angel said to them, and an angel appears to them in the middle of the darkness. It's nighttime, it's dark, they're in a field. It's probably like the B-level shepherds at this point because the A-level shepherds are sleeping somewhere. And so they have a shift change. They're out there at night. They're watching the sheep. And, and they have this thing, and they're, they're, they're probably trying to stay awake to make sure that the, the, the sheep are safe. Maybe they're taking shifts on little nap times and elbowing each other, stay awake, stay awake. And then, boom, all of a sudden, an angel appears out of nowhere. And it says this in, in verse 10, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Have you ever noticed in the Bible, whenever an angel appears, their first words are, Fear not? Too late. Like, I'm scared. You know, like, it's dark, and bang, you're there. They must have been intimidating crazy-looking creatures, and, and, and like, I, just, I can't imagine what it would even look like, but every time they show up, they have to say, fear not, hold on, hold it in, you know, like, like I brought up a change of pants for you, you're good, you know, like, like don't be scared, I'm not going to scare you, you know, hold on, I'm not here to hurt you. It, every time, it's like, fear not, don't, hold on, hold on, you know, because they understand that the presence of an angel must have been this ma magical, powerful, almost mysterious thing, and so here he goes, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news, of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. This sounds like a scavenger hunt. The angel comes in and says, hold on, I got good news, but it's a scavenger hunt. There's a manger, there's swaddling clothes, and it's a good day. Okay, well, we got to find for this. And the city of David, right? Okay, so the city of David. So they're, they're narrowing it down, and they're like, can I get another clue? Do I get a phone a friend? Like, how's this going to work? It's a, it's a treasure hunt, right? 
It's like an escape room, kind of. God made arrangements for the gift of his son to be found by those who would seek him. And in verse 10, it says that this gift from God would be for all people. This gift of God would be for all people. Not the people who are just the Jewish people of the day, but but for all people. Not just the ones who are alive then, but even for us who are alive today for all people. You see, expectancy caused them to do more than just marvel at what they heard and what they saw. It caused them to seek him. Expectancy did more than marvel, but it caused them to seek him. You know, all through the Bible, we see that Jesus is calling his disciples to come and follow him. Come and take steps in my direction. Sometimes we have experiences, spiritual experiences with God that cause us to be marveled at him. Maybe cause us to get the feels for different things. They cause us to have these different reactions. But see, the point of God causing the experiences in our life and the marvel in our life is not that we might just sit back and reflect on the marvel that happened. The, 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 the experiences are so that we might seek him, that we might look for him, that we might follow him. It should motivate us to take steps of action towards things. We come together as a church and, and we sing songs and worship and praising, the, praising God. And, 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 and it's, we love it. It's great. We come, and, and, and I got to tell you, sometimes I get the feels in the middle of worship. I can feel the Holy Spirit even um, coming on me. Like in the middle of singing and praises to God, there's an emotional connection from time. That emotional connection is fantastic and God is doing something in my life. Sometimes we come forward for prayer. We have a need. We get prayer in the middle of the service like that. Um, and, and then God wants to do something in your life. But it should cause us to have an expectancy that God would do more, that we might seek him and follow him. Not just go, that was an awesome feeling. I'm going to do that again sometime. But it should cause us to have a reaction that allows us to chase him and to follow him and to seek him. In Luke chapter 2, verse 16, the same place as you go further down, it says, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Lying in the manger. You see, God never leads those that he loves on a wild goose chase. God never leads those that he loves on a wild goose chase. He doesn't just send you on this random journey that has no end, that you just keep getting more and more clues to chasing and chasing and chasing with no satisfaction. God will send you on a chase sometimes. He will send you on a mission. But I'm telling you, there's a destination that's there that's really, really there. You see, God desires for his followers to seek and find the experience and full measure of his good and perfect gifts. You see, he wanted his gift to be found in the manger. And he wanted the Savior of the world worshipped and adored. And God wants all of his people to know that this gift, as well as all good gifts, comes straight from his hand. Have you ever lost anything? Like you lost something to the place where you searched and you searched and you searched. I actually, <clears throat> actually lost my wedding ring um, a little while ago. And I lost it in my yard. And, and I, I was out doing yard work and it fell off somewhere in that. And I, I've been searching now for four years. Um, <laughs> for my wedding ring, and, and so I thought, I'm, and it was a nice one too, like, you know, it had some gold and some diamond stuff, and like, it was, it was a nice one, right? Spent a lot of money on it all those years ago, and I, I didn't want to 
And so then I thought, as soon as I go buy another nice one, I'm going to find the old nice one because that's how life works. And so I went and bought these little rubber ones. I can't go back. They're super comfortable. I love them. But, but I lost my wedding ring, and I'm still looking, and, 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 I, and I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but one of these days I'm going to find it. But I was reading this story a while ago about another lady who lost her wedding ring in her garden. And she searched, and she searched, and she searched. She searched day after day. And every time she was out in the garden, she kept digging around. I'm going to find my wedding ring one of these days. I'm going to find it one of these days. And uh, years went by, and eventually, you know, she just gave up hope and just kept on gardening where she was at. And 16 years went by, living in the same house, gardening in the same garden. And one day, she's harvesting her vegetables and harvesting her carrots, and she found the ring. In fact, I have a picture of the carrot that she pulled up. Let me put the picture up on the screen. She found the ring after 16 years wrapped around the carrot. Isn't that crazy? It's a true story. It's amazing that she found this ring and she pulls up the carrot after 16 years. That's like the slowest growing carrot I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> Listen, we serve a good God and we follow a good God. And if you're here today and you're not a Christ follower and your faith isn't in Christ right now, I want you to understand something that sometimes people put the perception out there that God is this mean God who's looking to punish people. And that's not the case. God is a good God. He is a good father who has good gifts for you. He has a good God. God is a good dad who gives good gifts to his kids. God is a generous and loving father. Listen, some of you had amazing fathers on earth, and some of you had fathers on earth that maybe had a little room for improvement, or, or maybe you just didn't have a father here on earth. I want to tell you that as good of a, as a dad as you can possibly imagine, God is better than that. He is a perfect father for each and every one of you. I want you to know that, that, that God's not up there with lightning bolts looking to throw them down and, 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 and smash people. Like, that's not his desire at all. His desire is a good dad with good gifts and to be a blessing. So God is a good dad who gives good gifts to his kids. In fact, in James chapter 1, verse 17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, from whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Coming down from the Father of Lights. See, the Father of Lights was this ancient Jewish term. And, and it talked about how God created the sun and the stars and the moon. And all the lights that were in the sky. He, he orchestrated the patterns in the sky even. Is, is, and so they called him the Father of Lights as, as if God was this, this architect of the sky. Such a cool thought and picture. The ancient Jewish term. He had this unique creative ability to design the heavens, the stars, the sun, and the moon that shine and reflect his creative beauty in the sky. God is a creative God, too. And he created you. In fact, it says that he created you in his image. There's parts of the Bible that talk about how he knew you before you were born. That, that he imagined you in his mind with all of his creativity before you ever came out. You think about that. The creative God of the universe imagined you before you came out and before you were born. Since the first day of creation, our Heavenly Father has been giving good gifts to his kids. This is part of the nature of God, is that he gives these amazing gifts. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about all these different gifts. 
those gifts of hope and, and grace and mercy and, and all these different gifts that we're going to cover all the way through the Christmas season. And this morning, I want to set up the series so that you understand that God is a good God who wants to give good gifts to his kids. And expectancy and waiting is a gift. Sometimes we can think of it as a negative thing, but I want you to know that when you're expectant and you're waiting for a good thing from God, it creates the experience even more, it creates more hope and more joy. You see, God is a good father who gives his kids what they need. That picture is how Jesus helped people to understand who God is. You see, God is a good dad who gives good gifts to his kids. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 11, it says this, Or which one of you, if his sons ask him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? If you're a parent here this morning, you, you know this, this tension, don't you? Because your kids want things. They ask for things. And you want to give them to them, right? Like you want to give them the good things in life. And the kids, they, they want the new PlayStation 5 or 4 or whatever it is. I don't know. Right? You want to go buy it, even though it's a bunch of money. You think, I don't know. Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. But, but you want to bless your kids with those things. My own kids, they want an iPad. They, they, we have older iPads that they, they play on these iPads, but you know, they, they want a new game for the iPad and I want to I buy it for them. But, but as a parent, you know this, and I know this, that I have to look at what that game is before I just let them buy it and download it. My kids want candy, like all the time. You know what? I want candy all the time. Who are we kidding, right? Like if you lay out a box of chocolates on the counter, I will kill it. It'll be done. It'll be in my belly. I will, it'll, be, it'll be over. And, and I want it all the time. But, but you and I both know as adults, we all know this, that we know that if you eat too much candy, um, it's going to do some bad things to your body, right? Like it's going to cause some, maybe some diabetes if you do it long enough or, or it, your body can't process it. And then you may make you actually physically ill in the moment if you put too much candy in your belly, you know? And, and it, it just happens. Like kids, they want to just keep eating the candy. And you know that I, I want to buy you candy, but I have to limit how much there is, right? Sometimes we can look at what we're asking God and we see that God isn't giving us everything that we want, but maybe, maybe our heavenly father who's perfect in all ways, knows that, hey, if I give you all of this, you're going to get sick. We're going to do this in moderation here. Or maybe the answer is just no. If the kids want the game on the iPad and you go look and it's rated like mature or something, you're like, I'm not buying that. You know, you can't buy that game, you know, because it's going to be bad for you. Listen, our Heavenly Father, sometimes the answer is no. But do you have enough trust and faith to say, okay, God, if the answer is no, I know I really want it. But if the answer is no, I'm going to trust that you are a good and perfect father who has good and perfect intentions for me and that your gifts are good. Jesus helps people see how good and gracious and what a great giver of gift our father in heaven is like. Because today I want you to know that God is a good dad who gives good gifts to his kids. God is a good dad who gives good gifts to his kids. It's a different kind of hide-and-seek almost, isn't it? He takes baby Jesus, he hides him in an unlikely city, in an unlikely place, in an unlikely location. Wraps him in unlikely clothes and, 
And then he goes and tells somebody like the night shift of the shepherding crew to go out and find this, this baby. It's interesting to me to see how God had hidden something and then caused other people to come out and seek that out. He hid baby Jesus so that others might go and seek him out. I got to ask you this. Are you seeking Jesus now? What does that look like in your own life? Christmas can be one of those holidays where we just kind of get through the motions. I got to go to this Christmas party. I got to drink this much eggnog or, or not. That stuff's nasty. But you, you need to get, drink the eggnog. You got to go to this party. I got to buy gifts for these right people. I got to make sure I, I give it to the, you know, my boss or you know, I got to make sure I do the right things. And, and it can turn into this almost like a game of like just getting through the season and the obligations and the tradi- traditions and the rituals. I'm going to go to this. I'm going to avoid this family member because they make me crazy. And I'm going to try to go to this person because I love that person in my family. And, and, and you, you find these, these things that you end up doing and it turns into like the mechanics of getting through the event and into the holiday and I got to buy stuff. I got to get the right deals. Got to get the Black Friday, the Brown Friday, the Green Friday. I got I get all the, all the, the turn into Thursday too, by the way. Oh my gosh, that's not even a message, but I'm telling you, on two o'clock on Thursday, they're selling stuff. Okay, sorry. All right, that's, um, that's a terrible Thanksgiving thing now. So um, they, they've stolen Thanksgiving, but it's turned into this thing where we're now like the event can turn into something where we just get through the motions and get through the obligations of it. And it becomes all about the holiday event. And when we forget that the, the holiday event is to celebrate Jesus. So my, my challenge to you is this. Is are you seeking what God has hidden? Are you seeking after Jesus? Are you looking for what God has given you? Because he's given you all kinds of gifts. In fact, in Jeremiah chapter 29, 13, he says this, You will seek me and find me with all of your heart. You'll seek me and find me with all of your heart. One of the most popular verses in Matthew chapter 7 is, We ask and keep asking, seek and keep seeking, knock, keep knocking, and it'll be given to you. That section of verse immediately precedes verse 9, which we just read. Or which one of you, if the son asks for bread, will keep him a stone? If he asks for fish, we give him a serpent. So my challenge to you is this. Can you ask and keep asking? Can you seek and keep seeking? Can you live in the tension of expectancy, knowing that God gives good gifts because he's a good God? And he's a good heavenly father and wants to give you good things. Can you live in the tension of knowing that, that the ex- expectations of where you're at, can you keep the expectancy fresh and the seeking fresh and the asking fresh so that, so that you might follow him because that's what he's really after. Will you follow him? You see, God wants to give good gifts, but he wants you to want them. Part of the joy in the experience is the anticipation of searching. Part of the joy in the experience is the anticipation of searching for the thing. If the band would come, I'm actually closing this morning. We talked, it was last week, about Searching after the kingdom of God and all these other things will follow. That was two weeks ago. It's funny that when you put your heart right and your expectancy right and you search after the things that God wants you to search after, all the things that tend to trouble us tend to get provided for. 
but tend to get provided for. So what are you anticipating? Are you anticipating and looking for the natural things in life? Are you anticipating and seeking after the godly things that God wants you to search after? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for providing your son. God, I just thank you for the gift that you have given to us, God. God, I ask that you would, um, that you would uh, just continue to show us the expectancy, that you would continue to keep us fresh and seeking and asking and knocking. God, I pray for all of us as we go through the hustle and bustle of the, the Christmas season, as we go through the, everything that has to get done and, and accomplished, God, that we wouldn't lose sight of the reason of the season, that we wouldn't lose sight of who you are and the gift that you bring to us. God, let us see that the expect, expectancy and the anticipation of who you are and what you're up to is a gift of hope for us. God, help our attitude so we can stay focused on your purpose. Keep us focused on your purpose so we can achieve our destiny. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, at this time, we're going to receive our, our tithes and our, and our offerings, and the ushers are going to come, and they're going to bring the baskets and start passing. I'm going to pray over, the, over that right now. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much for your generosity uh, towards us. God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to give back towards, towards your mission. Uh, so, God, I pray that you would bless the, the finances as they come in and, and help them to be used exponentially um, everywhere that they go. God, we believe that our giving is a time of worship. We believe in giving the mission of the church to do God's work. We believe that our generosity is a reflection of the generosity of Jesus in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.